you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I love that song. Uh, hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I am your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by the very intense JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Apparently I'm very intense and intimidating. I'm sitting here at lunch <laughs> listening to one of my dearest friends in the whole world do an interview on the Patreon service this week. Mike had a fantastic interview with the boss man, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden my name comes up, and I'm like, well, I shouldn't be too surprised. I do host a show with Mike, and I'm like, I'm hearing... God, I'm intense and I'm freaking spooky. And I'm like, oh, I talked to my wife. You're intimidating. Uh, I'm intimidating. And I told my wife, she's like, oh, you don't know? Yeah, that's the vibe you give off to everybody. (laughs) And I was like, well, shit. Okay. All right. (laughs) Apparently I have problems. Now, I think it's just because you're like uh, you're a high level athlete. Right. Uh, And especially, you know, wrestling is very much a combat sport. So you're a combat athlete. I get the feeling like high-level combat athletes, every room they walk into, they start sizing motherfuckers up. That's probably you. I've never done that. I never oh, really? looked around. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never, like, I told uh, one of my dads from our team, I was like, I, I took Andy to go see Return of the Jedi. He's like, you're going to see Return of the Jedi? I'm like, yeah, it's like my favorite movie. He's like, do you ever just walk in there and, like, do you beat everybody up? I was like, no. I've never thought about I mean, I probably could, but I never thought about yeah. it. Like, yeah. That's silly. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's funny to hear those things because I know there's a super like intense side. Like when I coach, like next mm-hmm. week I'm out. By the way, fans, they, uh, I'm going to be gone next week. We're going to have a guest. Michael get into that later, and I'm going to go coach at the national tournament. And um, you know, the, my buddies that always make fun of like Greco JD because I'm like I'm constantly going to the referees. I'm like, come on, man! Like, what are we doing? Like, and I get I get really really fired up <laughs> when we're out there so it'll be uh i will definitely i will definitely have my intense face on for for that day but uh this is it's funny i was listening to you guys talk about amateur wrestling and you guys mm-hmm. were calling it a um an individual sport and i forget sometimes that it is an individual sport because my program is so team focused yeah. and work like our team is like everything like it's about winning to do with me it's about you know i need 14 guys that can do the job so i mean it's and like i want some pretty cool stuff individually but nothing compares to the stuff that that our team has done together mm-hmm. and like we're going out there team illinois to win four national titles and it's literally like sitting there figuring out how we can get the team the team the team the team so mm-hmm. i mean like it's I think that's something that a lot of people get wrong about wrestling is that at, at its highest levels, it really is about, it really is a team sport. It's just an individual's effort in how to get the team over the top. And I found that interesting. You guys were, were talking about that today. So I don't know, man, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to Mike's interview, it's an absolutely fantastic interview. Yeah. You did a, you did a great job, man. 
Oh, well, thank you. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Um, speaking of which, let's go ahead and get the plug in. Uh, each week in the month of July, we are putting out free episodes of our premium content over patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. This, this week, part one of our WCW 96 covering the Great American Bash in the early stages of the NDO, N- NWO sorry, will be free. Head over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia for more details. Also on the Patreon, check out our Fight Game Extra or check out Fight Game Media Extra where Gigi interviewed me about my favorite subject, me. Uh, just me talking about myself for 90 minutes. Honestly, he had to cut me short. I could have talked about myself for hours, but so we got a good 90 minutes of me telling some old stories. So that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Um, that's also up on the Patreon. And then coming up this weekend, JD and I are going to record this immediately after we're off the air. We are going to dig into the WCW invasion of the WWF in 2001. And JD, I was, I, my dream for this extra podcast, right, that we do for the Patreon was for me to kind of go back through the observers and kind of do like a lapsed fan, kind of a Conrad Thompson style chronological look back. But we haven't really been doing that. So the first one was like Don Callis, but we had such knowledge about it because of you know a our podcast we were covering it we were there yeah and then you did the interview with don so we didn't really need to get into that and then of course the black scorpion i i didn't feel like reaching out to the guy who has all the the paper copies of the observers from 1989 Mm -hmm. i just didn't have those so i just we just didn't do that so we kind of just we googled some stuff we had a little bit of notes and i had your story that you wrote um so i didn't really get to go do in-depth um research on those two topics. So I was like, I'm really going to actually, you know, buckle down and do some research. My family's out of town right now. So I had a little bit of extra time and I actually did a super deep dive um, into the WCW invasion. And because I went so in depth, I I have nine pages of notes. I saw. Yeah. I typically for this show, we have one page. It's typically Mm -hmm. just bullet points Mm -hmm. um, because we just do bullet points and we riff and that will be what we do. But I, I wanted to make sure to add the actual, um, the, the words from the observers. That way I had context to read about it and write about it. And plus it's for my research, right? So I can get more smartened up. So um, we're going to have to make this a two-parter. So what we're going to record after this episode is over, JD and I are going to do from the beginning of the invasion. So, but we're going to start at actually January of 2001. Um, there has been some stuff that happened in 2000. I'll summarize a little bit of that, but we're going to start doing a deep dive of January, 2001, all the way through July, 2001 through the dev, through the invasion pay-per-view. And then part two will be sometime next month where we, where we do the rest of the year because it ends up culminating at survivor series. So we're, we're going to do the, full gamut of it we're going to do a deep dive there's so many interesting details and facts i cannot wait to talk about i don't want to spoil anything here some stuff that i read that i didn't even know about and i'm i knew this subject pretty well honestly i probably could have done an hour without actually doing a ton of research because i did know it but the intricate details that i actually went and read was pretty fascinating have you read the nitro book i have not and i Mm. honestly and i have it so i really should read it but i have not See, I've read it twice. Like the audio, it's one of the few audio. Like I have a hard time being like, oh, I read books like ten times. Like how do you read a book like ten times? I could never do that. Like, but I was uh, I needed something to listen to um, recently, so I, I re-listened to the Nitro book. So this is all pretty fresh in my head too, and I'm really glad that I didn't write about something yet because sometimes we just kind of lean into what I've into what I did, and we just talk mm-hmm. about 
you know, yeah. my writing. And I really don't want to do that. I really want to talk about the subject. So I'm going to take what we talk about and then write about that based on our show. Right. I think that's a better, probably a better way to do something like for, for this type of a subject. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No doubt. So stay tuned for that. Head over to patreon.com slash fight game media, where we will do a deep dive of the WCW invasion of WWF in 2001. Deep dive. Um, yeah, deep dive. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the show, man. Um, so I wanted to start off. We we did start off with WWE last week. We're going to start off this week because there isn't really much to talk about. But I did find this interesting. Dude, WWE is just on freaking fire right now. It is it is incredible. Um, I I did my um all my research into 2001. That's really where the decline started. Was yep. the death of WCW, right? And then their ratings started to trickle down during that year in 2001, mm-hmm. and they never really recovered from that level. Um, so but this is the first year where they're back on the upswing, like year over year. They have better ratings than they had like three or four years ago. And currently this week, so Raw. I, I'm not going to read the numbers. It's not really that big of a deal, but so. Raw essentially stayed really steady against the home run derby and performed quite well. But SmackDown specifically was the number three ranked television show for the entire week in all of broadcast television. Um, it was only behind two shows on Univision. Their 18 to 49 number on Friday night was better than every other English language show in the time slot combined. Right. That that's huge. That's incredible. Like gorgeous. George didn't get those kind of numbers. Hulk Hogan never got those kind of numbers. Now we're talking about, you got to scale it right to, to, to the time that you're in. We're talking about rankings here. And I think that as we go away from talking about viewership and we go away from talking about like the actual numbers, the rankings is what matters more than anything right now. And the fact that they were the number three rated in all of broadcast television for the entire week is just insane. You got to look at this. Like, like we talk about, I hate talking about year over year ratings. It's one of my least favorite topics because everything changes, right? So I'm going to throw a stat at you in 2016, there were 98.7 million cable subscribers. So 2016, we're talking about, about midway through what we'll call the WWE network era, right? Mm -hmm. Currently, in this 2023, there are 72 million cable subscribers. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> the number of cable homes is almost, a, has always been quartered, right? There's yeah. roughly 25% in that, in that time period. And WWE has shown growth, right? We talked last week, AEW won their Wednesday night time slot with 850,000 viewers. They mm-hmm. won. And Dave said they beat everything on cable, on network TV that day, too. Yeah. Right? What WWE is doing right now is unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, to say they're hot, I think, is an understatement. I don't know about <laughs> someone's like, oh, it's a boom. I don't know if it's a boom. We, I, you, It's hard to know when you're in a boom until you look back on some stuff. But arguments could be made that we are in the early part of a boom period. I don't know. I don't know. Because boom periods tend to last several years. So <clears throat> it could be yeah. like Garrett in the Discord brought up that like Garrett, like uh, when, when Rhonda came in in 2018, it percolated. It didn't quite boom, yeah. but it popped a little <laughs> bit. And then went. it was great. It was great terminology. Uh, yeah. And then it went back down. So what do we got? Right, where are we? And I don't think we're gonna know for sure until probably in the late fall. That's what I'm gonna say. Let's see where things 
or at come football season. But it's hard. It's hard to argue what they're doing right now, man. With less with less viewers, they're getting more viewers, right? It's yeah, crazy. With they're they're getting more viewers, even though they're in less homes, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that and that's the incredible stat. And now you know. Now you yeah, can less say homes, that, less viewers. Yeah, you can, you can say that SmackDown that the the decline in numbers isn't really the same because they're on broadcast. But let me tell you, dude, I don't have broadcast TV, and I'm in the middle of a major city. Like I don't oh. have I don't have an HD antenna like on my roof hooked up. Me neither. So you know you know what I mean. So like. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, part of it's because I'm in military housing and I'd have to get like a, not a permit, but I'd have to get something signed and, and then I could do it, but I just haven't done it because I watch everything through the internet. Right. And so, um, so I, and I feel like, you know, I'm 40. I feel like a lot of people are exactly like me when it comes to that stuff. I think the folks that are, I think the folks that still watch broadcast television outside of having cable, right. That have that antenna are probably about. 15 to 20 years older than I am. I think that I'm, I'm the same boat, by the way. I haven't watched over what do they call it? Like over the air broadcast the television air, yeah. since 20, probably 2016 ish. I mm-hmm. stream everything. And I, <clears throat> we got in on streaming. Like my wife figured out way back in 2014. It's funny. It was at Fargo. I went to I'm, this is where I'm when I refer to Fargo. I'm always talking about the uh, the high school national championship tournament that takes place every summer. We call it Fargo because that's where it takes place. Yeah, you're so, not talking about going there and like killing people, which is what you see on. Oh, TV. oh no, that's what we're gonna do. Make no mistake about that, <laughs> yeah, my <friend>. buddy. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I came back from Fargo in 2014, and my wife had cut cable without telling me, and I was like. <laughs> What have you done? And she's like, trust me, trust me, it will be just fine. And I yeah. was like, okay. And she was right. They actually actually helped jumpstart me back into watching wrestling again as, as much as I do now. So I mean her fault. So it's funny because I'm like you. I don't watch I don't watch anything over like if there's a football game on, I'll find ways to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like that I'm interested in. But other than that, I can't I if I'm gonna watch SmackDown, which I've have on a handful of occasions, I gotta do it on the Fox app. Yeah, same here. Right? Yeah, I, that's, that's how I watch it. Yeah, I think that we are turning just based on the numbers. We are turning into the majority. People like us. There's yeah. more people like us that I think that these people that that like people who do the ratings talk and stuff like that care to admit. Well, and so, but that's that's the incredible thing. So their numbers are up despite the fact that the the amount of people watching it's at home insane. are down. So you one would have to assume that the amount of people streaming this stuff, you know, via the Fox app or via other type of mechanisms, like, you know, shadier mechanisms that, that happen. Um, I, I don't think SmackDown is on Hulu, right? Cause I watch on the Fox app. I think, no, it's on the, uh, Fox. no. So Raw and NXT no, is on SmackDown, Hulu. I, SmackDown is on Hulu. I think, is it on Hulu? I okay, think so. I, I, can't, I can't remember. Cause I typically watch on the Fox app, but I have Hulu as well. It just comes with my cell phone, but um, but that's where I tip. If I do watch Raw and I do watch NXT, that's where I watch that like a day later. So I think there's like so many more people that are doing that. So you have to like when you take a look at these numbers and you take a look at these rankings. Now you got to like probably bump it up about 25 to 30 percent. And then you add in DVR, which I think would be another 15 percent. You're talking astronomical numbers that we can never even calculate because mm-hmm. who knows even how to get that information and who knows if the information would be accurate. But I think that if you did kind of a quick wag, a quick calculation, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking 
like you're talking the beginning of another boom period, right? Well, because I know they SmackDown had like what three million people watching at that one at the at bloodline the, at segment. The peak, yeah, at the peak of the bloodline segment. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say that 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 number like you know of the people that actually watch that segment would be closer to like eight or nine million. I don't think that's that yep. crazy. I think that numbers of everything are under what we think they are based on what we get what get reported to Nielsen. Yeah. Just you know that's just the way it is. Um. What makes this even more incredible, right, is we talk about like the DVR numbers and so again, DVR numbers matter, right? All mm-hmm. these things absolutely matter. And I had a point that I was going to make, and I completely lost my train of thought. So I'll, I yield well, the floor w- to WBD you, just, sir. WBD oh. just advertised the plus three numbers whenever they put I out did. the press release about AEW's ranking last week. That, thank you. That actually sorry. Like ratings can be deceptive. Thank you. I remember now. Um, ratings can be deceptive on how hot a promotion is because there's been lots of times in history where ratings have been really good on shows, but promotions aren't necessarily hot. For a long time, the the you know WCW Saturday Night got better ratings than just about anything that WWE would do. WWF mm-hmm. at the time would do, right? Because the business was selling tickets, right? Yeah. So. That's still in day voices. That's still a better indicate indicator for whether or not something is hot. Dude, they're selling tickets. Um, like, like an insane amount of tickets. Yes. Yeah. Like everywhere they go, they're not selling out everywhere they go, but that's an like, no, they've never, even at their hottest, they never sold out every show, but they're getting major, major bumps. Like their ticket sales year over year are up, which again, better indicator of what things. And yeah. Merchandise. I, um, merchandise is up. Everything is yeah. up. I mean, like, I, Nikon, the hiring of Nikon is has been a godsend for this company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's pro- honestly like um, they couldn't have hired a better guy for that position. He's really no. turned that company around because, 100%. like, honestly, like people were leaving in droves. Like it was just crazy getting rid of Vince. Finally, they get rid of Vince, and things are turning around. Well, things turned around before they got rid of Vince, but they really started to turn around when Vince was gone for a while and now he's back and they're just still riding that momentum of that hot storyline. He started um, to turn around and, before Vince left. Like the turnaround, yeah, 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 yeah. turnaround kind of, I'll still say the turnaround coincided with Peacock, right? Cause remember that was the talk of the time was Peacock overvalued WWE and paid too much, which they probably did, but they overvalued yeah. and paid too much for everything. That's, that's kind of the streaming game at the moment. That's killing. That's really hurting things. And we'll tap into that in a little bit later, but I mean, like, yeah they've been the most consistent thing on Peacock. And I will I will go to my grave, say this every week on the show. Their accessibility on Peacock has not devalued, it's the worst phrase no. I heard this week, devalued WWE pay-per-views. It's made them more accessible. It's made them more popular. And it's yeah. made them easier to watch. When And again, they're getting paid for it. They're creating content and they don't want to worry. And in, unlike in the past when they just had to create content and were kind of lazy, they're actually creating stuff now that that's resonating with viewers like main event stuff. Cause I'm, you know, their undercard still blows, but the main event stuff is absolutely clicking with people. Mm. Absolutely. And just one more thing about the, the decline in, um, in cable. I wanted to bring this up. I didn't put it on the notes, um, but we'll just go ahead and talk about it now before we get into some AEW talk. Disney. Um, Bob Iger just got his contract extended out a couple of years, and he said something very interesting where he said that Disney is interested in selling off some of their linear TV assets. Mm-hmm. Now, he, you know, and then the article, I think it was a CNBC article, so he never really named any network, but I, 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 I found it very interesting. And the first network that I 
thought of was FX, which would be his outside of ESPN. Um, well, look, cause he's got ESPN. He's got the Disney channel. He's got free form. He's got all of those. And then he has FX, which doesn't really fit the profile of what Disney is doing. Never has. It may, it would make sense for them to sell off, you know, FX, but then there's these other smaller channels that they have. Like the, these channels are no longer valuable to a company like Disney. So because of the declining cable, you know, that's, you know, and they're in like FX is one of the most accessible cable channels out there, mm-hmm. but Disney's doesn't even seem the value in keeping it. Well, and we talked about two Disney about a month ago, the rumor was Disney was interested in WWE. I, yeah. Don't know if that's I, I I was really bullish on that at the time, and I still maintain that mainly because Iger is going to be Iger's a, a bean counter. He's like, eh, we're not going to spend a ton of money. Like he also said, they're not going to spend as much on Star Wars and Marvel. He talked about they, how they've diluted the product line there, yeah, and that's one hundred percent accurate. Yep. And they oh they absolutely did. I'm I host a superhero a superhero culture podcast and I talk about how sick of Marvel I am all the time on there. Like mm-hmm. there's just there's just not enough good stuff going on there. That said, FX came over with the 20th Century Fox deal, and it's never quite fit into. I was surprised that that they sold it because Fox kept Fox News and all that stuff. Yeah, and the Fox Network. But they sold off FX, and I was like, "Why? Well, I wonder why they didn't keep it. I wonder why that is." And it doesn't seem like Disney's ever quite really kind of know, like it's never fit. They really never you know, quite known what to do with it, you know? Yeah. So Sons of Anarchy doesn't fit on a Disney platform, right? Or the Mayans is what they have now, or American Horror Story, like yeah. you know. And Disney owns the majority of Hulu, and I think they said by the end of the year they're probably going to own one hundred percent of Hulu. I think Com they own sixty six percent Comcast has a stake. Mm-hmm. So I think they're actually in negotiations to buy 100% of Hulu. So it it works on something like a Hulu, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't really fit. And especially now that Disney Plus and Hulu are likely to merge, right? I think that's been the big talk. Once they own 100% of it, mm-hmm. the, there's going to be, you know, kind of like what Showtime and, and Paramount just did. I just don't see where the FX stuff fits in. No, and it's like it's a linear cable network too. Like even ESPN, once ESPN decides to jump in and go a la carte totally with cable, which is over, it's happening. It's not official, but I mean, like it's it's probably going to happen. So, what happens at that point? You don't need linear networks, right? That's the that's the past. Like, and again, you read read anyone that knows what they're talking about as far as where television is going, and they'll tell you it's over. Like. It's over. It's grandfather TV. Yeah. So why do you want more linear networks? Here's my question, though. Who buys it? If we're talking about well, selling off these linear cable networks, who who is in that market? You know, probably a, a smaller. I'm not even going to say Anthem. I don't think I don't think Anthem. I would set you up, it, man. You, I thought I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I and I made the up. joke. I made the joke in the BFI chat. I don't see Anthem going for, oh, but you know, either. a company like a Nexstar or something like that. Like you know, Nexstar, I think they are. You know, they whoever they spent a was lot it Next, on the CW. They, yeah, they, well, yeah. But I think CW and FX are kind of like you know, kind of. Like but they already they probably go for. But they already bought the one. You know, like that's the thing yeah. about like the days of like it was so weird because just a handful of years ago we were like every all these major companies were just absorbing like they were turning these major yeah. conglomerates everybody wanted to be these hubs and all of a sudden everyone oh shit we can't, we're not making money off this stuff <laughs> like no. sinclair sinclair killed himself the regional sports networks 
Oh, right? such a bad move. Yeah. It was a terrible move. And, and like if you at the time were thinking that's really weird, but you know, it's it's actually been a major impact on the face of professional wrestling, right? Because if that mm-hmm. if they don't lose if they don't lose out on those remember, okay. They were supposed to merge with Tribune. The government said no. The Trump government too, which is really crazy. The government yeah. said no. That merger is not going to happen. Which is why I don't. I don't buy that. They're talking about WB and Disney, like Warner Brothers Discovery Disney being a thing, or Warner Brothers Discovery uh, Comcast becoming a thing. I don't see mm-hmm. it happening because the no. government killed Tribune and and Sinclair. Right. I don't foresee them allowing that. I really don't. I'd be surprised. That said, that so right there, Sinclair, after that got turned down, Sinclair starts buying all these regional sports networks. They're losing money. Then the pandemic completely kills everything. Then they got to get rid of Ring of Honor. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that right there is a major change to professional wrestling. Where does it go from here? Like this is like we're really in unprecedented times as far as this stuff goes. Cause who knows? Yeah. Like everyone keeps saying AEW is going to get this big deal. They're going to get this massive deal. I-, I hope they do, but well, well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because well, that's going to be our next topic, but just for one, one, one second. Um, do you remember what happened to the NBC sports network? It was, it was a big cable channel. It was a big cable channel. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to remember the fate of it and what they did with it. Did they turn it they, into something else? They shit canned it. Because they couldn't get they couldn't get a buyer, so they just they just shit canned the whole thing. And they moved right. they moved some of the stuff that they did on that network, they just moved it to Peacock. So there's an NBC sports channel on Peacock, right? And it's a very low budget, it's a lot of podcasts and highlight shows. Um so, but so now there is no so that channel that used to be on your cable for NBC Sports just doesn't exist now, right? So they just shit can the whole thing. So I could see you know, them not being able to sell off an asset like an FX, much like NBC Sports could not sell off NBC Sports Network and just chick in the whole deal. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, but I, AEW and WBD, um, they are continuing their TV rights extensions talks. Um, as first reported by Fightful Select, AEW has been negotiating with WBD for several months. The belief is that the two sides reach a deal. An official announcement will come either, uh, if the two sides reach a deal, an official announcement will come either this summer or fall. The deal would be a huge money increase for AEW, by the way, things are looking now. And I put a little note here, if it is $1 billion, I expect everyone to beg us for forgiveness. <laughs> Nobody remembers anything. Um, <laughs> no, but I remember, God damn it. And I'm putting that video back out of us predicting because we had some knowledge that it's $1 billion. One Bill Phil. Train. 
Oh, sorry, JD. JD has a, a a train going through his house. It's not train the band, you know. Drops Jupiter in his head. Hey, hey, that's the whitest shit I ever said in my life. By the way, on this podcast, um, but, but I'm just gonna keep rambling until JD gets through with that train that's sorry. in his house. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. J- is the train up? Oh, train's back. Oh, we got a train alert. So, oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. So, I, uh, you know, we we had. We thought we had some inside knowledge of the one billion dollar deal, right? We we talked to a guy. Other people had the same thing. It was out there. A lot of people, different, a lot of different people reported it, and then it just never happened. It just never happened, and I don't know what the hell happened. Well, obviously they didn't get the deal done um, in time for those upfronts. I think there was maybe some people thought it would, and then it just never happened. So now we're looking at possibly the end of the summer or by the fall of of that deal going through. Now will it be a, a one billion dollars? That I that I I I don't know. Um, but if you know the next story that we're going to talk about, if that comes to fruition, then I think that maybe we get there. So sorry. Um, the joys of living the joys of living in rural America, you get these gigantic trains that rumble through your backyard at eleven o'clock at night. Um we did have that story, and I I asked the question on this show, where did that number come from? Because oh. everybody had it. It wasn't like you and I made it up. We heard it from a guy <laughs> who's been right about everything, by the way. Like, yeah. We well, cannot I, reveal I, the source, but no, the source we can't. is right about everything that when it comes to aew it's been like 99.99 percent. there's been some matches that we thought were going to get booked for certain shows that we we never revealed here they didn't get booked right when they we we thought they were going to happen but they They ended up getting booked like Mm -hmm. a week later right Mm -hmm. so um my thought is i i think one bill phil put that out there Oh, I was just about to say the exact same yeah. thing. I asked it. I absolutely think one because one Bill Phil proclaimed himself as such on the debut mm-hmm. issue or issue uh, debut episode of Collision. That being said, it could still happen. Yeah, yeah. It right. It makes it, it makes sense to me. Um, because here here was the next story that we were going to talk about, and we'll just go. We have we have a couple mm-hmm. AEW stories, and then we're gonna we're gonna jump into some other stuff, and then we're out. Um. The WBD is interested in more AEW pay-per-view. So here's the next. So Fightful Select has been knocking out AEW stories all week. So we're going to give them their kudos. Um, they're also reporting that WBD has proposed expanding AEW's PPV schedule significantly, including the possibility of AEW running one pay-per-view show a month, similar to WWE's schedule of airing, oh, excuse me, airing one PLE a month. It was not confirmed whether these pay-per-view events would be standalone events or would be included in a streaming deal involving AEW and WBD streaming service max. Um, so we, that's what we had speculated before, right? It's like, okay, if, if Warner brothers is going to expand this deal, right? They get the, they have the three television shows. Well, how do you get to a billion dollars? You got three primetime television shows rampage still technically in primetime because eight, eight to 11 is primetime right mm-hmm. you got three and that's five hours a week and then you got the quarterly battle of the belts right and then how then you need to what how else do we get there monthly premium live events right on hbo max and you know quarterly pay-per-views i, I don't know if if you know the month that they have a pay-per-view that that's all that they have however they get there you're looking at you know, a, a 12, a 12 show schedule monthly. Um, I think that's how you get to that billion dollar figure. I, it makes perfect sense. I've been saying this for months that 
AEW needs what WWE, the boost that WWE got by getting on Peacock. Max has significantly more subscribers than WWE. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, AEW is significantly smaller. Always has been, too, than WWE. But now you've got a chance to reach a wider audience. Yeah. But yep. Especially by giving, because it's like, what, 10 bucks for Max, something like that? Now you get your pay-per-views out there. And again, people are like, oh, they would devalue their pay-per-view. It's like, no, man, you get paid a lot more. You can yeah. pay. And the argument is that less is more. Less is more. No, less is less financially. Right? Yeah. What say do you recall the Eric Bischoff story of oh my god, they were taking the water coolers out of Titan Tower. They were so broke. Do you mm-hmm. recall the specific this it's not Vince Vince Russo's genius booking? Do you recall the specific decision that turned around WWF's financial fortune? Yeah, they got rid of the 1999 in your house pay-per-views they're doing monthly and they expanded to three. Those are only two hours, by the way. And they were just like small little specials and they just created a 12 month pay-per-view schedule based off of what WCW was doing. Um, They had the audience and then all of a sudden and and before they did that, that was the reason why they couldn't afford Bret Hart anymore. And then when they made that decision, I think it was the summer of 1997. I think Mm -hmm. trying to remember somebody's going to fact check me at some point but i thought i think canadian stampede was probably the last in your house show i think i think it might have been and then later later they they went to that three hour like bad blood i think was like a full three hour pay-per-view i think jd's doing some research right now i think bad blood ended up being like a three-hour pay-per-view well once they did that you know they were able to to you know expand their bank account. They started making a lot more money at that point. They were able to to pay Bret Hart, but the, that relationship had soured so much that they couldn't re- reconcile. So um, yes, more money is a good thing for AEW. Um, is it overkill? Could the could the product get oversaturated? Absolutely, it could. I, I think that's a real thing. If they want to charge, you know, forty dollars a month or fifty dollars a month every month for their pay per views. You know, will they maintain oh, their audience? No, I, I think I think they would struggle, and it's not like they're UFC, right? They're not UFC hot. They're not UFC big. UFC can sell like they've they've done like over two million, you know, buys for a pay per view before with the Conor McGregor shows. Like they're they're not even close to that level. They're you know hovering around a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand pay per view buys per month, right? So, um, so would it be like a crazy stretch? It's like if. Warner Brothers says, hey, we'll pay you the average of what your pay-per-views are. So they average over like a two-year span. Here's the average, which is what ESPN and, and UFC did. We'll pay you that flat fee, and then you just do this every month. And then that, you know, or maybe they, they overpay for it. They say, hey, well, here's that flat fee, and then we'll give you 25% over that. Boom, now we're all exclusive here. And then you can just you can go ahead and sell your paper use individually overseas if you want to do it that way. And then boom, you, you got you got it, you got that's how you get to a billion dollars right there. That is how you get to a billion dollars. Now, if they were to go, if they were to do $50, 12 months a year pay-per-view, would you, you would cannibalize your audience to a certain extent. So they have five. So let's crunch the numbers here. So let's ballpark. Let's ballpark. Well, let's say 150. Let's just say, cause it's a nice round number. Yeah. Yeah. So you got 150. Math is not my thing. 150,000 buys, right? 150,000. There you go. Times five. Right. So that gives you 7 million, seven million five hundred thousand by, uh, no, 70. See, not having the commas on the calculator app messes me up, man. It's like <laughs> 75,000. 
Right. So if you were to cut and if you lose, basically, if you were to like half your audience, you would still make money. Yeah. You'd make a lot more money, actually. If half the people stopped, right? If you lose half of your pay, if you lo- if you dropped it down to like all you got is 750, like uh, was 150, so 75,000 buys per month at 50 bucks, you would make a lot more money. Yeah. Now, does that hurt goodwill to your product? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Would it be a lot easier if they just went to max? Yeah. 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 And I think they would be a lot more popular. Yeah, I do. think that would, I think that would increase their earning potential, especially if they're getting the same amount of money that they were getting for their pay-per-views anyway, um, just average it over 12 months. I, and then, you know, you're expanding your audience right there. So um, I, 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 I think that's a win-win for everybody. I have a different take on this too. Is like I actually think that this helps your television show because we have because again when AEW first started it was like seems oh they're not going to be building to a pay per view every month right the show can just be what it mm-hmm. is since the launch of Dynamite every week I have to listen to pundits bitch that they're not building to the pay per view. <laughs> well yeah, and then they wait till two weeks out to to build the pay per view and every and then and the pay per views always rule and then it's fine, but it's like yeah. every fucking pay-per-view cycle people are like they're not building the pay-per-view and then they do it the last yeah. two weeks and they sell and it's fine i i, I don't think i think to 25 years of wwe television has been so ingrained in even people who claim to hate the product guilty that this is the way wrestling television should be is you have to be constantly working toward these major shows and if you're not the show is spinning its wheels i disagree with that in a sense, but if that now I now I'm relenting this point because I've always thought it was fine the way it is. However, if you are booking toward a 12 pay-per-view cycle, right? And now the booking has to like reflect the television booking has to reflect that. I think that that might actually be more appealing to modern wrestling fans who seem to not be able to handle that. If the show is not being worked toward a pay-per-view. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I think you're right. That makes sense. Does that, that make sense? Okay. No, no, that makes total sense. I think what we would lose as viewers of Dynamite, we would lose these big shows that we get for these Dynamite specials where we get like it the would. Arthur Ashe Stadium and then, you know, we would get Blood and Guts and we we get these other like specialized TV shows because those would have to then, now I'm not saying that's a guarantee. That would just be my assumption that they would want to move those to pay-per-view or to max if it's on streaming. I, I think that's what, that's what we would be looking at. And I think that's fine. I, but here's where I'm coming from as a viewer, Mike, the viewer WWE oversaturated the hell out of me with all of their content. They got three primetime shows, right? And then they do their monthly, they have not only their, their main roster monthly shows, they got quarterly NXT shows. I don't even watch the quarterly NXT shows. I might watch a match. If my cousin Joe texts me and says, watch this match. Um, So to now where I'm only really paying attention to the monthly PLEs. If AEW goes to a monthly cycle, that's going to be my viewership habits going forward with AEW. It's just too much for me, the viewer, because I got so many other interests. Guys, I like going to the movies. I went to Indiana Jones this past Saturday. I loved that movie. It was flawed. Still loved it. I had a really good time watching that movie. I I like like sports. 
right? I like to go to concerts. My family and I like to go to the beach. We like to do hiking. We like, to, you know, we have a whole life outside of pro wrestling. I, I think for me, I, I'm going to get to a point where I'll just get sick of AEW and I'll only watch the big shows. And that's probably, and you know what? I'm f- actually fine with that. That's okay with me. That's no, that's no problem. Count, count me in. Now I'll only probably watch 12 AEW shows a year. And that's really going to reduce the amount of time I'm watching wrestling, which I think is a good thing for me. So, you know me, man, like you looking behind me, I've got my, my bookshelf filled with, with comics, yeah. right? Um, some are mine, some are, you know, most of them are, are stuff that I've just read that I love over the years. I'm sitting here playing with my Spider-Man lanyard that I'm going to wear for my ID, right? at school mm-hmm. next year. I, I, nothing made me happier in the summer of 2008 when we had the Dark Knight and Iron Man became the center of pop culture. Right. Yeah. I felt like the nerds had finally taken over that. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt triumphant and it became like Marvel became the cool thing. Everybody was talking about Marvel. I go to practice and the kids all are talking about Marvel. They're asking me questions like I'm like, man, this is great. Here we are at 2023 and I've grown to hate Marvel. Yeah, I've, I'm not watching. See, I haven't watched any of their shows since probably Loki. And I like Loki. I went to the Ant-Man movie. I'm like, this is terrible. This is, I hate this. That's right? the I went, third one, right? The third one. Yeah, it's not good. I went, I, I'm, I've been so cold. Not only, they all haven't been bad, but I've been cold on the vast majority of Marvel movies since Endgame. Bob Iger just today said, we have put out too much Marvel product. We have oversaturated the market. Yep. But... That is not AEW's problem. If you are paid for a service, you provide the service, right? Mm-hmm. I have a theory. They cannot, they are not releasing the numbers. I think that there are more people watching the PLEs than are watching SmackDown and Raw. I, I, I don't disagree there. Oh, well, I think, I think the SmackDown number would be tough to beat. I think I think that the 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 PLEs are doing far better than Raw and NXT. Absolutely. Well, NXT, um, yeah, for sure. I, I I'd be surprised if they beat SmackDown though. Um, maybe it depends on the PLE. I bet I I bet by and large they are, but I can't prove that because Peacock yeah. doesn't release those numbers. Just a vibe. That being said, I think there's a lot of people that consume their WWE content once a month. Right. And that's why the WWE re- like relies so much on um um give me the thing and I can't <laughs> uh uh but the, the, the video packages, yeah. right? Yeah, because they have to yep. bring up their audience. So if that becomes the way that's done, so be it. Yeah, all the people that watch every episode of Raw and NXT and SmackDown get so mad at those video packages. I love them because I'm like, I'm getting caught up now. That's right? what they're it, for. It's- it's really great for me as a viewer. Like, like all, like I, when I went to WrestleMania earlier this year, going to WrestleMania is like going to the circus, right? It's like just this big thing. And it's like, if it's, if you're close by, you go, right. Mm-hmm. I went and I just remember the hell in a cell match between edge and Finn Balor I had no idea why they were mad at each other. No idea. I, I knew, I knew they'd been feuding for a while, but they, they did a really great video package. Nobody does not better than WWE. And I got all caught up. I was like, great. This is fantastic. Now I know why they're fighting. 
right? It's like watching a movie at that point. And each each match at WrestleMania was like its own episode of television, right? They all like the match itself might have gotten 15, 20 minutes, but the entire presentation was like over a half an hour, like 30 to 40 minutes. That's like an episode of Banshee, right? Like that <laughs> shout out John Mews had to get that in. So um you, you know what I mean? So I I I felt that was a good thing. I AEW's presentation, at least on Dynamite this week, kind of reminiscent of some of the stuff that we see up in New York, right? With some of their storylines that, that they're doing. Now, the matches, not so much. They're still doing AEW-style matches, but they're starting to bring over some of the other stuff that you might see uh, up north, right? And so I, I think we're going to get more geared towards that, telling these stories leading to those pay-per-views. I think but that's what people have been command like that's been the the critique so i mean like it's such a you, it's so hard to serve these masters because there's people are like well they don't tell stories okay we're, we're doing no it. they've I, always told stories that's the biggest told. load of shit ever i gotta you read that thing i wrote a thing for voices I, of wrestling it, hopefully it comes out next week and i'll give you a thing but i wrote i did this yeah. whole dissertation on stories and wrestling and why it's bullshit but like they're addressing their critics. And I think that you're getting the two different shows. They're going to have two different vibes as to how yes. to prevent, yes. to present these stories. And I think I honestly, cause Tony Khan is such a numbers guy. I think he's doing, I think he's taking these two shows with these two different approaches just to see how it winds up. And now it's a little skewed because like collisions on such a shit night, but it's, it's interesting to see where this is going. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be honest with you. Yeah, we'll see. So I, when I watch AEW, I don't watch for that. So the MJF no, and you... Adam Cole stuff, I was not interested in. I know it's appealing. To, I know you liked part of it. I just I don't laughed. care. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, okay, hurry up. But, but we still got great matches though. We did. That yes, we, we yes, did. we did. Like, that Swerve so and Nick had- Wayne match was really good, dude. I freaking love Jericho and Commander. Like, I thought there was some good wrestling. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. hey, you. Our man, Big Bill, been praising him since we were braced for impact. He had a hey, everybody that w- was shit on Big Bill can kiss my whole butt. You know what I mean? Like, he's great. And I like the tag team of Big Bill and Brian King. Me too. I think they There's could, something I think there. That could work. Me too. I, dude, that's a 1987 tag team if I ever saw one. I love it. Give Give me more. I love that. It worked. That that actually that that mat the match worked better for me. I thought the segment was boring, but yeah. I thought the match and the post match went pretty good. So yeah. um, that's the best part about wrestling. It's every week because you can experiment, and if something doesn't work, well, you can still do it again. Do something different. Oh, yeah. Next week. Yeah. Uh, speaking of doing stuff that's different, uh, AEW is banning moves and uh, banning certain actions. I'm just going to read through it. This is again from Fightful. Uh, moves that are outright banned per the document include chair shots to the head. Well, that's good news. Uh, shots yeah. to the back of the head. Turnbuckle power bombs. That one actually surprised me, but I, you know, Sting, that's how Sting got hurt. Maybe somebody else did too. Uh, blind moves backwards into the turnbuckles. Fencing, resp- I don't know, fencing responses. Uh, here's one that's interesting. Seizure cells. <laughs> Fucking Danielson got everybody in trouble. Apparently, <laughs> I am the only person in America who <laughs> thought that was cool. Just well, me. The, yeah, of course, the horror movie writer would think that was awesome, but <laughs> Fair. he loved it. Um, Fair. Um, spitting and bleeding into the crowd. That makes sense. Um, yes, that's gross. Yeah. Yep. Uh, weapons or projectiles into the crowd, taking drinks or food from the guests in the crowd, MJF, asshole, or physical contact with the crowd. Yeah, that makes sense. The report notes that fencing positions are an unnatural position of arms following a concussion. So, like, when you're just like, 
I guess that you, if, if you're this bad, it's bad radio. You can't really see what I just did, but try to describe it. Uh, the list noted the following moves that need to be approved by an AEW coach. So the following moves or instances are not prohibited, but they require approval to be used in a match or in ring setting. Uh, I'm just going to read through these really quick, but I just find this interesting spots and bumps on the ring apron, table, ladder, chair spots, elevated spots outside the barricades, all pile driver tombstone variations, high risk dives or tope moves. Fucking Lucha, uh, the Lucha brothers are going to have a tough time getting permission every week. Uh, throwing people into, through, over the ring steps, commentary table, bell table, or guardrails, barricades, yada, yada, yada. Chairs, pipes, kindlesticks, thumbtacks, skewers, barbed wire, other puncturing objects, um, powders, aerosol sprays, throwing any weapons or objects, chairs, etc. Uh, choking, strangling with the hands or weapon or hanging spots. So there goes hangman. Uh, He's going to have to get permission from, from somebody to do that. Uh, injury spots or angles, uh, any physicality in the crowd, any physicality involving referees, managers, extra celebrities, or special guests. And that was the whole thing. So big changes coming to AEW. They're trying to be I more think, professional. Well, I think a lot of that, too, is like one of the more valid criticisms of AEW is when you do see the same spot in like back-to-back matches. And I think yeah. this is to, to make sure that when they do something big, you know, some dork on the pre-show didn't do it beforehand, right? I yeah. think this is more of a, hey, man, John Moxie's about to bleed eight buckets of blood. Maybe we don't do blood in the three matches before that. Or, or right? we I want to bleed in the main event, so John Moxley, you got to calm your shit down. You're in a six-man tag. Or the flip you know side I mean? of that. But, I mean, no one, <laughs> here's the thing. is No one's, no one's going to tell the Lucha, if the Lucha brothers are on the show. You want to make sure that what they do stands out. If Commander's on the show, you want to make sure what he's doing is standing out. So yeah. this is more of a case. This is just wrestling 101. This is like right. I, I, like I, uh, our buddy Jeff Hawkins said, oh, Bill Watts just took over. <laughs> Bill Watts <laughs> just took over. But, I mean, some of those things that Watts wants, not all, some of the things Watts had in mind were actually good ideas. I think this one is, too. All this is going to do is just make sure that when something big does happen it's good and then like you don't see the same dive six consecutive matches right i'm of the yeah. mind nobody should do a, a tope except for darby allen because his looks the best like if you're do- mm-hmm. if your tope don't look like darby's you shouldn't do it in my humble yeah. opinion so yeah i and, think and are- honestly not not everybody gets a diamond cutter right no no. <laughs> and, and Sammy Guevara, your go to hell sucks. You don't get, I, I say, you don't get to do that anymore, dipshit. I would say that, that's just, you shouldn't be able to, period. I agree with you on yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. This, yeah. this is just AEW, I think, finally going, okay, we're going to rein it in a little bit. But I mean, Kenny Omega is going to get, Kenny Omega got mad because people, like, I, I've been saying, I said this two weeks ago in, the, in this score, we shouldn't be telling wrestlers how to wrestle. And yeah. for the guy that takes as much crap as Kenny Omega does, for him to literally say, shut the fuck up. I thought yeah. it was great. I was just like, You're the, you are, you are yeah. the best wrestler in the world. Don't let some Twitter dorks tell you what you can't do. So yeah, yeah, man, the, the main event guys should have access to all the big stuff. And then when you yeah. are, when you get to level up to it, you know, I think it's good. I think it's great. Big fan. Yep. Yep. Me too. Um, so uh, JD, the bet is still on. You're still on raw and NXT duty. How was raw and NXT this week? I was in a dorm this week. I didn't have a TV. Oh, so, so do we have to like? So like, I, it, I'm on a pause. Have to like freeze. Do we have to freeze your we're, contract and then we're extend it out? Like freezing my contract. I'm stating it right now. You guys are like, oh, you're not talking. I don't see you tweeting. I'm like, I didn't get to watch the show. I had to go. Yeah. I had to actually go over to a buddy's the down at. We had camp at the University of Illinois in Champaign. I had to go to a buddy's house to watch Dynamite. So, 
um, I didn't get to watch Raw. We were just we had practice at the time. So yeah. I am pausing this until I get back from Fargo. I will do my the next three weeks. I still owe Scott two weeks of NXT. I will add two weeks of SmackDown if he's not happy with the fact that I have to freeze <laughs> my contract for a brief moment. Well, yeah. I'll let him make an official ruling on that if he wants me to add the two weeks because he's unhappy with it. But I just real life got in the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm JD. You can sit out, right? If you have to go take a shit, you can go take a shit. I'm gonna preview Slam Anniversary for I'm the people good. right now. Okay. I'm gonna. Go, so I'm gonna preview Slam Anniversary for the people uh, right now because I'm actually gonna watch the show this weekend, and I will likely very very likely do a recap. I don't know if it's gonna be on this network or not. Um, I'm gonna talk to some folks about that. I might. I might do it somewhere else, but we'll, we'll see because we're doing our Patreon show tonight. I don't know. Like we don't want to overwhelm the, the Patreon, right? We're trying to make sure we're very strategic about what we release. So we're going to, I'm going to talk about that, but I will be watching Slammiversary. So we got the main event. It's Alex Shelley versus Nick Aldis um, for the world heavyweight title. I, th- my, Mike's opinion is Alex Shelley should retain. What I think is going to happen, I the only reason you bring Nick Aldis into your promotion, the, there's only one thing he's good at, and it's being a world champion. So I I I, I think I, I think Nick Aldis wins here, and then he takes the title into Bound for Glory, where he ends up dropping it to Josh Alexander, who hopefully was going to be coming back by then. I mean, you, you see that right, JD? You like you know Impact well enough that that's probably 100%. what's going to happen, right? Hundred yeah. percent. The biggest money match Impact can do right now is Nick Aldis and Josh Alexander. For for the men's division, for, for the, the men's, men's division, division, for the men's division. Yeah, um, uh, co-main event is uh, Diana Peraza defending the women's title against uh, Trinity. I think that's an easy victory for Trinity. There, um, I also I'm, I I do believe that Mickey James will somehow find her way involved into that match. And then there's also been. Yeah, and then there's also rumors that maybe Mercedes Monet might show up and to make a match for Multiverse United coming up in a couple of weeks in the uh, 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. Or it's coming up next month, so they they do have that joint New Japan show. That would be a perfect way to advertise that pay-per-view is to have Mercedes Monet show up here. If, if she can, I don't know if they got the deal done. Um, but that that's more of a, um, a prediction. Um, next, we have Scott Demore and a mystery partner. So his partner was supposed to be PCO, but last week Steve Macklin and Bully Ray set him on fire like he was in the back he was in the back and he's laying down and they um they actually poured battery acid into his mouth and then they rolled him over and then they doused him with lighter fluid and then just lit his ass on fire and then they ended the segment with him just screaming and i they might have killed him i don't know if he's dead but they said that uh he's not going to be able to make the match because he was you know set on fire so set on fire and drank battery acid yes and drank, not doing yeah, it. which i'm not doing yeah. it mike I'm not doing it. I'm not watching the what? show, so I'm not getting offended. No, no, no. I mean, like, honestly, I think that's a very good reason not to have a match because, hey, you just got set on fire and you drink battery. It makes perfect sense to me that he would be out for the match. I mean, he should kill them in response to this. Right? <laughs> a wrestling, a wrestling <laughs> match seems like the least of their problems. Like, he should yeah. he should go John Wick and shoot these people at this point. I yes. know it's PCO, but Bully Ray needs to be killed for these crimes against humanity. Yeah, so he's got a mystery partner. Bully Ray um, also has a new partner. Steve Macklin actually got hurt in the, the Australia tour. He wrestled Alex Shelley. It looked like a groin tear to me, but I don't know. Ooh. So Mac, Mac, it, it look, it look, on the video, it looked like a groin tear. They have not made the announcement. I just watched it, and I was like, as, yeah. as a guy that's pulled his groin before, I saw where he was holding, and I was like, it looks like a groin either pull or tear to me. So he's out. He is being replaced by Diener. Now, that then brings into question who Scott Demore's mystery partner is going to be. Um, there is a rumor out there 
right? This is just a rumor. I didn't hear this from a verified source that's got great connections. So this is just a rumor that's kind of being floated out there. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. However, the way they ended the show tonight makes me think this might actually happen. There is a rumor that Eric Young, who was murdered last year by Cody Diener, right? In prison, Cody Diener stabbed him to death, right? Um, but we never saw the body. So, and you know, JD, if the first thing of horror movies, if you don't see the body dead, they're not actually dead. They get to come back. We never saw the fucking body, right? Well, he was supposed to go to WWE, but guess who never showed up in WWE? Eric Young. There's a rumor out there that he has been free of whatever deal he had in WWE since June and that he would be the, the mystery partner for Scott Demore at Slammiversary. Well, they ended the show tonight, and I only saw this segment. I haven't watched the Impact tonight, and I'm probably trying to get to watch it before the, the show this week. Um, they ended the show with Scott Demore calling somebody saying, hey, PCO can't come back to life this time. Do you think you can come back to life? Oh, <laughs> Do you think you can come back to life? And then as he's walking away, they zoom in on a Team Canada jacket. Diener killed Eric Young. It's Slammiversary. They're in Canada. They zoomed on the Team Canada jacket. Got to be Eric Young. I would be shocked if it's not Eric Young at this point. I mean, (laughs) I want to see how they're going to explain how Eric Young came back to life. But quite frankly, it's impact. It doesn't matter. Like, no. No, Ty Valkyrie went to prison for a while and then just showed back up. Yeah, like you never addressed it. it. <laughs> they never addressed. Yeah, they it. never, they never addressed it. So, but look, you never saw the body. <laughs> so, like, hey, it was just a flesh wound. It was, but a mere flesh wound. But if, uh, just to, <laughs> get back in, bite your kneecaps off. Um, yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, honest to God, man, Eric Young belongs in this company anyway. So yeah, let's just do I, it. I don't know why the hell he left anyway. Like he he belongs. He's a lifer Money? here. He's got to just. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. quality of life um, like, yeah um, um next yeah. uh dude this match um honestly jd uh i'm gonna put this <clears> one on your radar this match is going to rule ass sir it is chris Saban. oh no no it's chris better than fucking war war well, sucks yeah. By the way. yeah it's like what are you um, talking about chris Saban defends the x division championship against one leo rush who oh uh, sign me up yeah, who who appears to be working here for a while. So uh, count me all in on that deal. Um, so that's going to be huge. And then they have an ultimate X. You got Speedball versus Gresham versus Kevin Knight from New Japan versus Kushida and versus Alan Angel. So that's a separate match. Um, and then the winner gets a title shot. So um, not a lot of high flyers in that ultimate X match. Um, okay. Kevin Knight. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's not really a high flyers. No, it's like, you, you know, got Gresham, a technical mm-hmm. speedball. He can do a moonsault, but he doesn't really do like tons of flying moves. He's not doing like springboards. So yeah. Kushida is more of a mat wrestler and yeah. Alan angels is just kind of a guy. So Alan, um, I mean, he's probably the best high flyer in that match. Right. Uh, I would say Kevin Knight is probably the better high flyer. I see Kevin yeah, Knight do right. a lot of high flying moves. Yeah, you're probably right. Kevin Knight's tremendous by the way. Oh, he's really talented. Um, but is he New Japan? New Japan's not uh, other than like Hiromu. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I don't foresee this being like a classic X to like Ultimate X style match because you just don't have those kind of guys. It could be good though. It could be a different. I'd like to. I think Jonathan Gresham specifically can come up with an interesting take on the Ultimate X match. So, yeah. based on his presence alone, I'm very curious to see what this match is going to be. Yeah. 
And I'm actually picking Gresham to win this one because he's oh, been kind of cold. He's been cold since he's been in the promotion because I think he just kind of like he had that falling out with AEW. So when he got to a- Impact, they didn't really have a plan for him. So he's just been kind of having matches. He hasn't really had anything to sink his teeth into. I think that um, him uh, doing a rematch with Saban down the road, I, I think that they and they had a really good match before for the ROH title. So I, I-, I like that going forward. I am surprised they haven't pushed him harder since coming in. Yeah, yeah, you know? me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, uh, next, I, I don't have it. Oh, I don't have it in the notes here. But next, I got the the tag team title match. It's a it's a four way. Who cares? But you got uh, you got the the ABC Bay in Austin defending the titles against uh, Moose and Brian Myers, which is I hate that tag team. Um, Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan and Subculture, which is the two little British guys who are very good. Um, the Rascals have reunited in Impact. The Zachary Wentz and Trey Miguel, but they were denied an opportunity to get into this match. Something tells me they're going to find a way to to mess with this match and uh, and be a part of it. So um and then you also got uh, for the t- the women's tag titles you got the Death Dolls and the, the in my opinion the best tag team in all of wrestling at least are the one that I want to watch the most Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. Um I will watch what they do over and over again. They're just very talented, okay? Um I was on Scotty's count out wrestling podcast <laughs> on Sunday and I mentioned that I'm a Killer Kelly fan and they were like, "Why?" And like, and then Scott goes, oh, because he's a pervert. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, that is completely accurate. And I felt like the biggest scumbag on the planet, which I kind of am. So, you know, you just got to kind of own it. And I'm with you, sir. A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think Masha, I I think Masha and uh, Killer Kelly is going to win. Um, uh, and we're we're expecting a surprise, obviously, in that that Demore match. So we'll we'll get a surprise there. Um, rumors around them: Mickey James might show up. Mercedes Monet has been rumored, but not by Impact, by fans. May, probably just me creating that rumor. But if um, she was okay, hold on. If she was going to show up at an Impact pay per view, we're talking Impact here. They would promote yeah. the shit out of that. Well, so they didn't do that for the Jay White thing. They wanted to create a moment. And because it was not really leading to anything in Impact, I think they don't do it. I think the reason why they wouldn't do it is because she's not coming to Impact. If she is showing up at the pay-per-view, it's to challenge somebody for the Multiverse United show. You, but you could sell, even with her just appearing, you'd sell more pay-per-views. They JD, be, these are not serious people. These yeah. are not serious people, right? right? Like, they don't, they don't make, make, like... Like decisions that's going to draw them a ton of money. Scott Demore is fucking wrestling. What am I talking about? I got yeah, it. yeah. Why, why are you trying to use logic with me? Like that you know, can't happen. That would be I, illogical. It's spent, impact, bro. I spent two years talking about this shit every week, and P- I PCO can't wrestle because he drank battery acid and got lit on fire. And you're talking about goddamn logical whether or not Mercedes Monet oh. up. <laughs> but we built we built two whole Slammiversary pay per view on who might show up at the WWE scrap heap. Remember yeah. they had a big Bulgarian flag in 2020. Rusev never <laughs> came to this company. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I think I think the big the big tease is the the Eric Young thing. But look, you under promise and hopefully over deliver. Yeah, it's so, certainly under promise. Yeah, yeah. So, but hey, uh, guys, head over to patreon.com slash media. JD and I are going to keep the conversation going because we're getting ready to record our uh, Mike and JD show extra podcast doing the WCW invasion of WWF in 2001. So be on the lookout for that. It should be out this weekend. And until next week, mahalo.